guys, we are meeting for the second second week at Vertical Church. So glad that Ben has opened the doors and allowed us to meet here. Ben Derek, thank you so much. Guys, we uh, continue in the series of Into the Promised Land. We still continue to work for those that uh, are socially distancing uh, and, and in your home. We understand that. And thank you for joining us live. We thought last week's uh, meeting was going to be uh, recorded and played later, but Jeff figured out how to make it live. Now, if he can figure out how to get me a microphone, <laughs> we'll be in good shape. Yeah, thanks, Bill. That's just a little too close. Guys, thank you for being here. We had a great turnout last week, 40-something guys that were here. Please, if you want to come join us and you want to be a part of the live, please do that. We are socially distanced. with mask here. If you want to space out, there's room for you to do that. Guys, I, I know that uh, many of you are aware of Tim Atkins' memorial service coming up Saturday in uh, South Haven, Bahia, South Memphis area. Uh, a few of us are going up, meeting in Lowe's Saturday morning. We'll be there. Several of you have reached out to Phil and myself and uh, sending well wishes to Denise, and we will certainly do that on your behalf. But uh, think about them this weekend and in the coming days uh, as they kind of lay to rest, Tim. Our brother. With that, let me open a little word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. We thank you so much for Jeff and for Chris and preparing the list and putting us all together, whether you're here in the church or if you're uh, joining through Zoom or tuning in later in the recording. Guys, we thank Phil so much for his dedication and his preparation weekly to lead us and the manner that he provides. Thank you, brother. Mm. More than that, we thank our Savior mm -hmm. who did the ultimate sacrifice, going to the cross, dying for my sins and your sins. Mm. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Gentlemen, it's exciting to be together again. So I want you to stand up on your feet. And we're going to do a little fist pumping. So greet some people this morning. Hit it, Jeff. Celebrate, dance to the music. Yes, You know, how about that? Uh, Blair knows who Three Dog Night is. All right, sit down, Blair. Quit dancing. All right, pretty fun. Pretty fun. And truly, we are uh, in celebratory uh, mood, and we are grateful to uh, Ben, uh, Derek, and our friends at Vertical Church for allowing us to uh, invade uh, your space. Um, so, and uh, mostly grateful to the Lord. Isn't it amazing? Uh, a year ago today, the world changed. Uh, this is when everything was changing um, a year ago. So, uh, so grateful 
um, to getting back to normal. We're all looking for normal. So this morning, um, I want to offer you a song that I uh, hope will um, awaken your heart. Again, the reason we start out with music um, every week and have done for years and developed uh, different playlists is uh, music is the uh, a language of our heart. I mean, even before battles, as I mentioned last week, when, when God had Joshua and the people beginning battle, they began their battle with worship, and they ended their battle uh, with worship. Uh, music is an incredible part um, of our life. Um, even in my counseling practice, oftentimes men and ladies uh, who are struggling, even couples who are struggling with anxiety and issues, I have them just start listening to music. And um, in some ways, music is better than anything I can give them. Um, just start listening to the music. So this morning, um, I have a song that I'm uh, kind of dedicating to my um, my baby girl. Um, I did deer camp this past weekend, and um, when I got uh, home uh, on Sunday afternoon, uh, Abigail, my youngest, um, uh, was home. She's uh, um, uh, visiting from Dallas, and uh, Monday uh, was her 31st birthday. So she's my baby girl, 31. And um, mon uh, normally on a normal weekend, um, what I do on Saturday morning is I get up and I spend Saturday morning doing this. I prepare uh, what we uh, will go over on Thursday on a normal Saturday morning early. And so because I had deer camp this past weekend, I did my preparation for what we're going to go through this morning on Monday morning, Abigail's birthday. So I think it was only fitting um, for the, the song that I want to offer you is a song that I would dedicate to her. And you can look on the back of your notes, the words of this song are on the back of your notes. And again, it's hard for me to hear a song if I can't see a song. So I want you to see this song. And um, the two uh, lines uh, that are part of um, uh, each verse um, is, but when tough little boys grow up to be dads, they turn into big babies again. Amen. Amen. Right? All you dads of daughters. The last two verses I want to just highlight. Well, I'm a grown man, and as strong as I am, sometimes it's hard to believe that little girl with blonde curls can totally terrify me. When we first moved to Mississippi, um, Audrey was five years old and Abigail was two. And um, I made a commitment when I was in grad school for three years doing two graduate degrees that I would never study in the evening. When I came home, I was daddy. And so all of my studying, I did early, early. Many a morning, I got up at three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. And if those of you who are familiar with Clinton, I, I'd either study at the house or I would go over to the truck stop out there in Clinton that is no more because it was open 24-7. And I could sit there in a booth and uh, study. And oftentimes, Abigail with the little blonde curls, two-year-old Abigail, she would get up when she um, knew that I was up. And many a morning, and she and I... Um, uh, talked about this this past week, she would get up and our house faced east and she and I would go downstairs. My office was upstairs and she, we, she and I would go downstairs, look out the picture window 
and the sun coming up, and we would watch the sun come up together, little blonde curls. If you were to ask, my wife would just laugh. She'd say, I know all about men, how when tough little boys grow up to be dads, they turn into big babies again. Well, I know one day I'll give you away, and I'm going to stand there and smile, and when I get home, I'm all alone. Well, I'll sit in your room for a while. Well, I didn't cry when Duke died. Well, that's a lie. I did. Uh, at least not in front of my friends. But when tough little boys grow up to be dads, they turn into big babies again. When tough little boys grow up to be dads, they turn into big babies again. Now you hear the voice of God, and it may open your heart to what he has for us this morning. Back down from a punch Well I take it square on the chin Well I found out fast A bully's just that You've got to stand up to him So I didn't cry When I got a black eye As bad as it hurt I just grinned when tough little boys grow up to be dads, they turn into big babies again. Scared me to death when you took your first steps. Well, I'd fall every time you fell down. And your first day of school, I cried like a fool. I followed your school bus to town Well, I didn't cry when old Yeller died At least not in front of my friends But when tough little boys grow up to be dads They turn into big babies again grown man but as strong as I am well sometimes it's hard to believe how one little girl with little blonde curls can totally terrify me if you were to ask my wife would just laugh she'd say I know all about men how tough little boys grow up to be dads they turn into big babies again Cry when old yellow. 
right in front of my friends Born tough little boys Grow up to be dads They turn into big babies again When tough little boys Grow up to be dads They turn into big babies Again Pass me a Kleenex. Mm. Amen. Amen. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. The words from 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Excited to be together. Um, let's dig in. Joshua, take the land, be the man. Read with me our introductory paragraph. The book of Joshua is the book of conquest. The battlefield is Canaan, and it is where God keeps his promise that he made with Abraham. In this study, we will use the land possessed by Joshua and the people of Israel as a metaphor to understand how we take possession of what it means to be a Christian man. So as we're talking about the land, we're also very much talking about you and me claiming, proclaiming manhood. Take the land, be the man. We will examine 10 issues that men face every day. Each day is a battle to be faced with courage, strength, and faith. You must be courageous, will you? Courage. We don't talk about that very much, um, not near enough. Uh, we talk about um, a lot of things, but uh, character is a dying trait. Uh, men of character, men of courage to do the hard thing. Um, and this idea of, of growth is what we're looking at this morning, growth, becoming the man God designed you to be. Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, we just finished um, the best deer camp ever. Jeff, by the way, best one ever. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, 50 men at Ebenezer Place, 11 new guys. And just uh, one, of the, one of the guys, uh, one of the alumni came up to me Saturday afternoon. He says, man, I love Saturday at deer camp. And I said, I know it's like a festival, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a festival. But one of the things that we talk about a lot at deer camp is how growth is important um, to be a lion, a lion, lion, bull, chameleon, turtle, a lion is committed to growth. And most of us as men, as we're growing up and raising our families and, and continuing to take uh, care of the responsibilities that we have every day, we don't often think about growth. We think about paying the bills. We think about um, making sure that things are taken care of at our house, repairs, all that. But how about personal growth? What's your plan for personal growth? And that's what we're talking about this morning. Um, most men aren't committed to that. So I want you to pick up your pen and let's do some journaling. 
pick up your pen. I have three questions for you. You can use your sheet there uh, as your journal if you didn't bring a journal. First question, for what circumstance or relationship are you, uh, again, uh, misprint there, no you there in the sentence, but should be a you, are you needing courage? I'm scared to death. I have a lot of anxiety. Um, circumstance, divorce, business situation, um, a grandson, granddaughter, a son, a daughter, uh, a circumstance that you don't know what to do about. Um, it's going to take courage. Um, I received word yesterday um, of, uh, of um, a guy that I've been working with um, was um, threatening suicide with his family, and his family was very concerned. They didn't know what to do. Um, through the years, we've had guys at deer camp that tell us the story of um, whether or not they were going to drive to deer camp or they were going to use that weekend since they were going to be away anyway to take their life. We've had those stories. When life feels overwhelming, um, when you are at the end of your rope and you're at a place of despair and you get to suicidal thinking, what are you feeling? What, it, what would be the feelings that you would have? And, and now that since we're together, uh, work with me here for a minute. What would be the feelings that would be happening in somebody who feels like that the only way out of the pain, and, and, and that's what it is, it's a twisted, uh, very sad way to get out of pain. We all understand the pain. It's just a bad, bad way to handle the pain. But what are you feeling? What would be the, the emotions of suicide? Alone, alone, isolation, hopelessness, despair, despair worthlessness. worthlessness. You know, nobody's going to miss me anyway. I would be better off, and, and my family would be better off. Therapeutically, um, in, in my professional field, the two emotions of suicide are hopeless and helpless. Of course, all the others that we mentioned fit into that hopeless and helpless, hopeless. It's not going to change and helpless. There's nothing I can do to make it change. Guys, it's so important to identify that. So what circumstance or relationship am I needing courage Good dose of courage is needed. And then that second follow-up question, who is your who? Sounds a little owlish. Who? Who? Who is your who? And, and I put that in there as a question because you've got to anchor somehow your courage and that what you need to a relationship, a father, a mentor, a friend, a coach, a counselor, um, all healing is relational. 
Uh, many of you guys have been coming, you know, we've been doing this for over 13 years now. Some of you have been here since day one, right, Jeff? I know poor Jeff, poor Jeff. Uh, he survived 13 years, but over and over and over and over, you're going to keep hearing all healing is relational. Every problem you have is a relationship problem. And every solution to every problem you have is a relationship solution. Somehow you got to have a who. And when you don't have a who, then you may be headed toward suicide, suicidal thinking, suicidal ideation. That's what we call it. Question number two, what makes you think you're teachable? <laughs> now, again, I, I didn't ask the question, are you teachable? What makes you think you're teachable? Put it down. Write something down on your piece of paper. What makes you think you're so teachable? What would be the words? Again, work with me here. What would be the words that would and somehow um, convince me or convince your buddy that you're teachable? Aware of my mistakes. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm aware of my mistakes. Curious. Curious. Curiosity. Absolutely. Humility. Humility. Bingo. Yeah. I'm, I'm, what is it, John? I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah. Addressing your fear. You know, it is stupid, stupid to say, you know, I'm not a scared. I'm, I'm not a scared of anything. I'm not a scared of anything. Not afraid of it. Dude, that is crazy. We're all afraid. Every man is. Every man is. Show up. Yeah. Show up. Be present. Keep showing up. Yeah. The, the two words that I think of, and again, it's, uh, we've already mentioned um, them explicitly or implicitly, is listen. Are you a listener? You know, people who aren't teachable don't listen. When is the last time you put yourself in a listening position? Listen, and then, um, as was said earlier, humility. All character is based on the foundation of humility. I mean, think about it, guys that you respect. I would think they're, they got a little bit of humility going on. And guys that are just painful to be with, it's like, like fingernails on a chalkboard. Uh, just a bit outside on the humility. Just a bit outside. Humility. Third question. I love this question. I came up with it. What kingdom skill are you lacking in? What kingdom skill? Now, what I mean by that are what are the skills in the Bible um, that we need to have if we call ourselves Jesus followers, uh, men of faith? What would be the words or the skills that you would think of? Patience, persistence, keep chopping wood is what we call that. Keep chopping wood, keep chopping wood. Gentleness. Gentleness. Wow. Gentleness. You know what Galatians 6, 1 says, one, one of my go-to verses, I try to keep that in my head. Uh, Galatians 6, 1 says, 
If any man is caught in a trespass or any man is caught in chaos is what I call it. I don't use the word trespass very much. That's a King James Bible word. But the idea of chaos, I get. It is, it is what happens when you're in, in trespass. Chaos, confusion. If any man is caught in that, you who are more spiritual, in other words, you who are not in that kind of a situation, restore that man to peace, but do it. How? In a spirit of gentleness, because by the end of the day, you may need the same help. Something like that. Look, gentle. Others, other words? Compassion. 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 Absolutely. The fruit of forgiveness. That's what compassion is. How do you know if you've forgiven somebody? I mean, think about it for just a minute, as John mentions. Think about somebody that's been hard to forgive. Okay, everybody's got it. Not a, not a hard question, right? How do you know if you've forgiven that person? You start to have compassion. One of the greatest challenges of my life is, was to forgive my dad. I love my dad. He's 94 years old, and man, what a, what a struggle to forgive him for what I wanted from him, and he just didn't know how to give it. And then I found out in a, when I was 42 years old, uh, and I wrote him a letter, and I've read that letter in here. Some of you know that letter. I wrote him a letter. He and I have a phone conversation and he is crying after having received my letter. Never, never heard my daddy cry up to that point. Never. And he's blubbering on the phone. And he said this, he said, after receiving my letter, he said, my daddy never told me that he loved me. And I've never known how to tell you. Ah, there. We're both crying, you know, and all of a sudden, all that anger that I'd had for years turn to compassion. That's how you know you've forgiven somebody. Um, things like how to tell the uh, truth skillfully. How about love? Just be a better lover. Handling my money. I had a conversation yesterday with a dear brother that is struggling with how to handle his money. Um, serving mentoring another person, facing your past is part of kingdom living. Those skills are needed. So guys, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about today. So turn back over to Joshua chapter one, and we'll dig in. Joshua chapter 1, and we've read um, verses 6 through 9 each week as we've started, but I, um, I want to read that whole first section, verses 1 through 9, but before I do, I want to read verses, verse 24, 15, and um, highlight kind of how the book ends um, in Joshua's final words. Always good, sometimes to read the ending um, of a book sometimes. I mean, it can be a spoiler, but um, it's good to know how it ends. And this is how Joshua ends in verse 24, verse 15. If you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, then choose a God you'd rather serve and do it today. 
Choose one of the gods your ancestors worshiped from the country beyond the river, or one of the gods the Amorites on whose land you're now living. Knock yourself out. Choose whatever god you will. But then he says this, as for me and my family, we'll worship God. In our family, this is what we do. One of the key phrases that we used when the girls were growing up, and I would invite um, you to use, um, in our family, this is what we do. In our family, this is what, well, well, you know, J little Johnny uh, and, and, and Susie, they, they, they don't do that. In, well, in our family, in our family, in our family, this is what we do. You're just anchoring it back. And, and that's the words of Joshua. That's a parenting seminar right there. In our family, this is what we're going to do. So jump back over to Joshua chapter 1. And Joshua 1 starts out, and as, as God continues to, to give us this idea of a pattern or a model, Joshua is, is our model, our template for manhood. And in this passage, um, what Joshua is called to as they prepare to cross over uh, the Jordan River is to lead with courage. Every day, every day, get up. I will walk with courage. Listen to Joshua's marching orders. Joshua 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of God, God spoke to Joshua, Moses' uh, assistant. Moses, my servant is dead. Get going. Cross this Jordan River. Now, guys, again, in this, in this way of hearing this, in this metaphor, it's like, get up today and handle that which I've given you. Cross over your Jordan River. Cross over whatever's facing you. You and all the people cross to the country I'm giving to the people of Israel. I'm giving you every square inch of the land you set on your foot on. I will give you manhood. I'll help you grow up. Just as I promised Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon east to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the Hittite country, and then west to the great sea, it's all yours, all your life. No one will be able to hold out against you. In the same way I was with Moses, I'll be with you. Now, guys, that's good news and bad news. You know what's good about that is you're never alone. But you know what's bad about that? You're never alone. Everywhere I go, there I am. But it's like, God doesn't promise that those circumstances and those relationships that are so troublesome that we just journaled about, they may not change. Over and over, all through Scripture, I'm with you. Well, 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 well God, could you just take that person out of my life? You know, could, could that circumstance just change? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's as good as it gets, but isn't that enough? Really? I'll be with you. I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. 
And then verse 6, strength, courage, you're going to lead this people to inherit the land which I promised to give their ancestors. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you. Every bit of it, don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of the Revelation be out of your mind. Ponder it. Meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice practice, practice every written, everything written in it. Then you'll get to where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you strength, courage? Don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God is with you every step you take every day, every day, every day, every day. Lead with courage. Lead with courage. So after Joshua gets his marching orders, the same way that you and I are intended to get our marching orders every day, one day at a time, then he turns his attention on the people, and he invites them um, into the battle. Then Joshua gave orders to the people's leaders, go through the camp and give this order to the people, pack your bags. In three days, you'll cross this Jordan River to enter and take the land your God is giving you to possess. And then Joshua addressed the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh. He said, remember what Moses, servant of God, commanded you? God, your God gives you rest, and he gives you this land. He gives you this land. He gives you this land. He will give you manhood. Your wives, your children, and your livestock can stay here east of the Jordan, the country Moses gave you, but you, tough soldiers all, must cross the river in battle formation, leading your brothers, helping them un uh, until God, your God, gives your brothers a place of rest, just as he has done for you. They also take possession of the land that God your God is giving them, then you'll be free to return to your possession given to you by Moses, the servant of God, across the Jordan to the east. And then this is the reply after they got their marching orders. Now listen to this. This is so critical. They answered Joshua, everything you commanded us will do. Everything you commanded us will do. Everything you commanded us will do. Wherever you send us, we'll go. We obeyed Moses to the letter. We'll also obey you. We just pray that God, your God, will be with you as with Moses. Anyone who questions what you say and refuses to obey whatever you command him will be put to death. Strength and courage. What the people model is to follow with commitment. It's like the old bre breakfast joke. The chicken's involved, but the pig's committed. Commitment. Give your life. What are you willing to die for? Seriously, what are you really willing to die for? One of the great stories of the many years we've been doing deer camp for over 20 years is um, a guy that's family was just broken apart. He was losing his family. He comes to deer camp and the movie that we show, we always show a movie on Friday night and the movie that we showed to work with, you know, if Jesus came back, he wouldn't tell parables. He would show movies. He would show movie clips because that's what a parable is. And so the movie that we showed was Cinderella Man. 
and it saved his marriage, at least what he said. Because uh, Russell Crowe, who plays the main character, was fighting for his family. He got it. God spoke to him through a movie. What are you fighting for? I want you to watch this clip. This is what Joshua uh, asked the people to do, to fight with courage. Watch this. Welcome to Monday morning, Monday morning, not in any way to make light of what our grandfathers and fathers uh, did um, on the Omaha beach. Will you lead? Every man in here is a leader. You've got people that look to you, but you can't really lead unless you follow. Who do you follow? What do you follow? Manhood. Guys, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. And the way Jesus talks about growing up is he invites us to become a disciple. 
I don't have time um, to read all the scripture and go through this the way I'd intended, but I would invite you to ponder that idea of becoming a disciple. And all the, the word disciple means pupil or learner. It infers that you're teachable. I don't know it all. I got a lot to learn. Glad, glad, glad you can recognize that. Welcome. Glad you're here. Show up. Show up in the show up place. Become a disciple. And becoming a disciple involves th three pieces. First of all, is to be called or chosen. We are called to live in Christ. I'm going to read to you just a, a couple of paragraphs out of the book. If you've never read The Sacred Romance by John Eldridge, then I would say that you have a shaky foundation. You live in Bellhaven spiritually. <laughs> you know, the sad thing about that, everybody knows what I mean when I say that. You know, it's like, get a good foundation. And I believe this is one of the books that helps uh, remove the gospel from being some sort of moral code, which it's not. It's much, much more than that. Please. Do not reduce the gospel of Jesus to a moral code. It is something about your heart. Now, let me just give you a sample. I'm going to read just a couple of paragraphs. Very seldom are we ever invited to live out of our heart. If we are wanted, we are often wanted for what we can offer functionally. If rich, we are honored for our wealth. If beautiful, for our looks. If intelligent, for our brains. So we learn to offer only those parts of us that are approved, living out a carefully crafted performance to gain acceptance from those who represent life to us. We divorce ourselves from our heart and begin to live a double life. Frederick Beekner uh, expresses this phenomenon in, this, in his bi uh, biographical work, Telling Secrets, quote, our original shimmering self gets buried so deep we hardly live out of it at all. Rather, we learn to live out of all the other selves which we are constantly putting on and taking off like coats and hats against the world's weather. Christian life is a love affair of the heart. It cannot be lived primarily as a set of principles or ethics. It cannot be managed with steps and programs. It cannot be lived exclusively as a moral code leading to righteousness. In response to a religious expert who asked him what he must do to obtain real life, Jesus asked a question in return. What is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. The truth of the gospel is intended to, uh, uh, intended to free us to love God and others with our whole heart. When we ignore this heart aspect of our faith and try to live out our religion solely as correct doctrine, or ethics, or passion, our passion is crippled or perverted in the divorce of our soul from the heart, purposes of God toward us is deepened. Our heart, 
is the key to the Christian life. Called to live out of your heart. That's number one. Number two is equipped to then start to learn what it means to walk. Start living that out. Start living that out. To be equipped. Look up those passages, meditate on them. And then, and then sign up and allow yourself to be sent, or maybe a better idea would be go. You're not really growing, not maturing, unless you're taking responsibility for somebody else's growth. And it might be your grandson, might be your granddaughter, simple as that. Uh, might be a friend. There is not a guy in this room that doesn't have um, people in your life right now that need you. Everybody does. But you're going to have to walk with courage, lead with courage, and to follow with commitment. Question? Yep. The Sacred Romance, Drawing Close to the Heart of God by Brent Curtis and John Eldridge. The Sacred Romance. It's a must read. Okay, let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the gift of Vertical Church, for the gift of Ben, continue to be with Ben and, and, and this church, uh, especially grateful that they opened their door to us. Thank you for our time this morning, Lord, and allow us um, to walk with courage, to lead with courage today, and to follow you uh, with commitment. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.